Tales from the Gas Station. All credit goes to Jack Townsend who wrote this story. Part 1 At the edge of our town, there's a shitty gas station that's open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you were to go inside, you'd see row after row of off-brand chips, cookies, potted meats and ramen. Expiration dates suspiciously missing from canned goods like they were filed off years ago, in some misguided attempt to control inventory turnover. A faded wet floor sign from way back covering a crack in the foundation by the cooler, that has since turned into a pothole. The pothole, a collection point for sticky spill-off, has become a miniature tar pit collecting countless insect corpses and the occasional small rodent. Nobody ever complains about the aesthetic. By some providence bordering on the supernatural, the health inspector has repeatedly signed off on the business, always kindly ignoring both the faint smell of some kind of mysterious chemical cocktail, that is the defining characteristic of the establishment, and the family of mutated raccoons that lives in the crawl space behind the grease trap. We think they're mutated anyway. At the very least, they must be inbred to the point of mental retardation. The Alpha, a muscular three-foot-tall son of a bitch named Rocco, has been spotted multiple times chewing on people's tires and has been run over at least twice, but keeps coming back. That lingering smell, a sweet combination of honeysuckle, ammonia, vomit, and who knows what else, has never been positively identified, but the prevalent theory is that it's coming from the cracks in the foundation, wafting up from underground. It's strongest right after a rain, and pungent to the point of tear-inducing if you get too close to the storm drains where even Rocco and his clan refuse to tread. If you were to go inside, you might also see the bathroom cowboy. He exists as a sort of urban legend. Even though he has never been officially confirmed to exist, we have several security camera recordings of a man fitting his description entering the building, heading into the bathroom, and leaving. What makes him legendary are the things people claim to see him doing in the bathroom. The stories run the gamut from pretty weird to impossibly bizarre, like the guy last week who went to pee but changed his mind when he saw a man dressed as a cowboy handing out balloon animals, or the next day when another customer stepped into the bathroom to see a man wearing nothing but a cowboy hat, boxers, and boots with spurs, sitting at an old-fashioned stone sharpening wheel literally grinding an axe. When he walked in the bathroom cowboy stopped what he was doing, looked up with a smile and a tip of the hat and said, Come on, man, come on with it. By the time he could find an employee to follow him back to the bathroom, the cowboy had vanished, bench grinder and all. The cowboy that may or may not haunt the gas station bathroom appears to follow a code of rules. He only appears when you're alone. He never hurts anyone, and he's always polite. The prevalent opinion about him is that, honestly, he doesn't seem that bad especially when comparing him to some of the other things going on in that place. If you go inside, you might instantly get a toothache. It's a strangely common phenomenon that nobody really understands. It should go away on its own after a couple hours. If you do go inside, you will almost definitely see me, sitting behind the counter, because I am the only full-time employee, and I'm almost always here. You may catch me reading a book because, for some reason, the internet doesn't work way out here and cell phone service is dicey on good days and non-existent on most. If you need to make a call, you can leave and go up the hill a ways, preferably back towards town because the other way will take you into the woods, and you don't even want me to go into all the reasons that's not a good idea. Or you can pay me 25 cents a minute and use the store's landline. That arrangement was cooked up by the owners, 
and I have to actually enforce it because they do check the phone records. I'm sorry, while you're here, don't be offended if I don't strike up a conversation because, if I'm being completely honest, I don't always know for sure if everyone that comes through those doors is real, or not, and if I had to acknowledge everyone in that place that could be an actual person, I would lose my mind, and we don't need any more of that going on around here. I guess that the point I'm trying to make is this. Weird things happen to me working at the shitty gas station at the edge of town. I wish I could easily decide what was the weirdest thing to ever happen to me, but I can't. There were so many. I've seen a total of four coffins inside the store on three different occasions. I've met at least a dozen people wandering back into town from the woods claiming they had escaped aliens or government conspirators or the like and that they had no money but needed to make a call. And could I please just let them use a phone before they find them again? But rules are rules, and I'm not going to lose my job just because you didn't escape captivity with a little pocket change. Then there was Farmer Brown yet, that is real name, who got mad at us and complained about the bulk feed we'd been ordering for him. He insisted something was wrong with the product because all of his animals suddenly had human faces. We settled with him by charging a significant discount on his next couple purchases. He stopped coming in one day, and they found what was left of his body inside a bedroom at his farmhouse that had been locked from the inside. As far as I know, they still haven't figured out what happened anyway. I guess I can tell you a story or two, but first I need to get ready for work. Part 2 At the edge of our town, there's a shitty gas station that's open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and sometimes longer. If you were to go inside, you would probably see the tired cashier sitting behind the front desk doing his best to mind his own business. He's real. You may also see someone else. You may also see something else. If you're curious about the reality of anyone or anything else, including yourself inside that small ammonia-scented flickering fluorescent collection of off-brand junk food, dirt, four walls, and a roof, may I recommend that you follow the cashies lead and mind your own business? I've been working at the gas station almost non-stop since I graduated high school. At this point, I doubt I could quit if I wanted to, but enough about me. Let's get back to the interesting thing, the gas station. I spent a decent amount of time yesterday at the start of my shift trying to decide which story would be worthy of being my first to document to the world. Anytime I tell someone outside of the gas station anything about what happened therein, I know what to expect. People don't believe it or people don't want to believe it. Imagine the difficulty I had trying to call the sheriff station to explain that half of a pig broke into the store and is currently running amok, breaking things and screaming with the voice of an old woman. Yes, I meant half of a pig. Yes, a pig, the front half. No, this isn't a joke. I'm at the gas station. What do you mean? Which gas station? The shitty one at the edge of town. You must be new. Can I please talk to someone else? She finally put me through to Tom. Tom is the sheriff's deputy that drew the short straw all those years ago, and had to come out to the gas station for the first time, back before his hair was all white. He's been in enough times now that all I have to say when he picks up the line is it's half a pig. It won't stop screaming and I can't catch it. And then he grunts, mutters something about that being pretty freaking weird, and then drives out to help me catch it. Tom is a good guy. I asked around but nobody knew where the pig had come from. This was back when Farmer Brown was still alive, and he came down to take a look and provide his expert opinion. According to Farmer, the pig had somehow been chopped down the middle, but miraculously none of the important organs were hit, 
Nothing supernatural about it, just really unusual. It stayed at the local elementary school as a kind of mascot for the summer before a scientist and his team from somewhere up north offered the school a thousand dollars to let them take it, for science, I suppose. Anyway, I don't mean to ramble, but my point is that it's hard to believe some of these stories if you haven't been inside the gas station at least once, and maybe you have. We're the only gas station for miles. We're close enough to some big crossroads. If you've ever been out driving in an unfamiliar part of the country and found yourself lost, it's not impossible that you could have found yourself at my doors, maybe looking to top off your gas, maybe to ask for directions. If you have a strange memory of a weird place that somehow doesn't seem to fit with the rest of your memories, then there's a chance we've actually met. Now back to last night. I was sitting behind the counter with a pen and book of receipt paper, trying to remember the strangest thing that has happened to me that still falls within the realm of believability. I've had plenty of things happen that were strange, but so unbelievable I won't even waste anyone's time ever telling them. I call those the try and forget stories. When Diego interrupted my concentration, Diego is one of the part-timers at the gas station. We have a long list of part-time employees. The owners like to hire transients, drifters, hitchhikers, passers-by and run always looking for work for a few days. I try not to get to know the part-timers. They come and go after a few days, or sometimes a few weeks, rarely long enough to form any kind of meaningful relationship. But then there's Diego. Diego has been working here for almost a year now. He started as part of the prison work relief program, unloading trucks twice a week. He was the only one of the 12 prisoners that didn't disappear during a freak snowstorm last December, but that's none of my business. Diego did his time, and when they released him he came to work here, cleaning the store and unloading trucks. He comes in six times a day for each of his 30 minute shifts. Now that I think about it, I'm not exactly sure what he does during those shifts. The store is never clean and trucks only come twice a week, exclusively during the daylight hours as per an arrangement following the incident. Maybe one day I'll ask Diego what he does for the owners. All I know is that he's the closest thing to a friend that I have here. When Diego approached me at my register last night, I knew something unusual was going on. He was sweating bullets, pale, and on the verge of passing out. He kept glancing back at the man in the suit that had wandered into the store, and was standing next to the 